Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 306 DGS, beautiful day out there. Uh, Attorney Brad Young joins us as he does uh, quite often. Brad, how you doing? Dave, doing great, sir. So, um... What I like about you is, uh, other than your butt, uh, what I like about you is that you can do both. You're, of- you're not the first one I've heard that from. But I'm, I'm sorry, but go ahead. I'm sure that's true. Uh you can do the political side and you can do the legal side. And I think with this impeachment inquiry, there's a lot of both. Uh, I will fall on my sword and say, I don't understand it. I don't is it just it before you impeach someone, do you have to do the inquiry? Is the inquiry just shooting one across the bow? So just talk to me and my audience about what this is. Well, first of all, and we, we really got to know this during the Trump administration because he was impeached twice. But the impeachment process is a political process. By definition, it's a political process, not criminal. However, there's a criminal element because under Article 2, Section 4 of our Constitution, it specifies that a president or vice president or judges or anyone else can be removed for what's called, and I'm quoting, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So very briefly, historically, we all know what Nixon did, lots of crimes there, uh, he was uh, the impeachment process started, but he resigned when it comes to uh, President Clinton. Uh, Ken Starr, who was the investigator, came up with at least 11 impeachable offenses, including misdemeanors, and t- including criminal acts. And uh, he was impeached in the House, but not convicted. So what where does that leave us? What here's where it leaves us. The Constitution doesn't say how this process is supposed to happen. So we've developed a pattern of conduct, and that pattern of conduct is the Speaker of the House calls for an impeachment inquiry, or usually, usually, but not always, there's a vote in the House as to whether that inquiry will move forward. And then once that inquiry is, inquiry is, is instigated, that gives Congress more subpoena power, more power to investigate potential crimes. And then once that process is concluded, then the House has to vote on whether to impeach the president, yes or no. So, Brad, just in your opinion, would this be happening if McCarthy didn't have such a narrow margin with the Republican squad uh, constantly being like a sort of Damocles over his head? Oh, I I don't think it would be happening at all because of that process. And one of my complaints uh, during the Trump administration was that the impeachment process was being used 
to similar to what we have in parliamentary governments worldwide. It's called a vote of no confidence. Mm-hmm. where the legislative body, this happens in Europe all the time, where the legislative body says, basically, we think you suck, and and here's why. Mm-hmm. So, but that is not what our Constitution is designed. In fact, it has it in there. It has to be something severe, including criminal activity. So, during the Trump administration, I think it was used as a vote of no confidence. What we're seeing in the House right now is much the same is that is there's this view that it's a vote of no confidence. So p- pressure, political pressure is being put on Kevin McCarthy to move forward because he has such a narrow margin in the House. If he doesn't go along, he could be removed as the Speaker of the House with literally just a few of the uh, the, the right wing of the Republican Party in the House could align with Democrats to force Kevin McCarthy out as Speaker of the House. So there is that political component. So how soon until we have a Ken Starr who is leading an investigation against Joe Biden? Well, and that's a great question, Dave, because if you look at the Ken Starr, uh, what happened was is that the House called for an investigation before there was an inquiry. In other words, that was being investigated to demonstrate whether there were sufficient crimes to move forward with the impeachment. That's not being done now. Now, that doesn't mean it's against the rules, so to speak, because Nancy Pelosi didn't do that uh, when she uh, called for the impeachment of President Trump twice. So it's not something that's required. It's something that is encouraged. But look, if you talk to the, the, the folks on the committee right now who have been investigating Hunter Biden, uh, there, there's a long list of potential crimes. Now, I'm not going to go through that entire list. Mm-hmm. It would take a long time. But the essence of it is, according to a witness named Devin Archer, who was previously a business associate of Hunter Biden's. At this point, they used Hunter used Joe Biden uh, to basically for influence peddling, to sit in on phone calls, uh, to show up at dinners, to shake some hands, take some pictures, doing this with business associates for the purpose of enriching Hunter Biden. If that's true, that would be a crime. So uh, this inquiry, I think, to try to give both sides of this picture, is it political? Yes. Are there allegations of criminal activity? Yes. And so this inquiry hopefully would resolve those questions one way or the other. So we know that uh, Donald Trump is leading by a lot to be the Republican nominee. We know that unless something significantly changes, Joe Biden will be the nominee uh, come next November. Uh, To what degree would you expect this process to be burdensome on the Biden side of things the way that these indictments will be burdensome on the Trump side of things? Well, again, I call it like I see it. And the way I see it here, Dave, is an attempt to create some equivalency. In other words, to say, yes, Trump has been impeached twice. But now if Biden is going through the impeachment process, it allows Trump politically to argue, uh, look, I'm no worse than President Biden. And in fact, probably from Mm. his perspective, because every phone call Trump has made has been perfect. uh, He would Mm. say, I, I, I didn't do any of these things, but Biden is guilty of everything. So, but it's it's a political attempt at equivalency. Will this be a burden upon the Biden administration? Absolutely. And why is that? Because mainly we talk in in politics about uh, how much airtime is given to a specific subject, and any time 
that the major mainstream news media is talking about potential crimes that President Biden may have committed, that's less time for them to talk about all the negative things that Trump is doing. So from a political perspective, it definitely benefits uh, President Trump on many levels. So you are a proud conservative Republican. I'm a proud independent. But we both agree that uh, whether it's Donald Trump or it is President Biden, if they did something, burn them, put them in jail, whatever. We have no sacred cows. We have no demagogues. But how could I can I can imagine how it could hurt Biden if they end up finding something? If there's fire, not just smoke, then that could hurt him uh, very badly. How could this hurt the Republican Party if it doesn't go that way, if it could? Well, the way that it hurts the Republican Party, that's a great question, Dave. The way it could hurt the Republican Party is if there is a an inquiry into uh, high crimes and misdemeanors, inquiry into impeaching Joe Biden. And if that inquiry doesn't develop more than what we currently have, and what we currently have is smoke, you know, you're, you're hearing pundits on the left saying there's absolutely nothing here. Uh, that's wrong. There is stuff here, but it isn't, there, there is no smoking gun. And uh, in fact, at most what you have, I think, is a cause or a case uh, being made for influence peddling. But if you don't deliver on the goods, in other words, if you as a party say we're going to start this impeachment inquiry and then that doesn't lead to anything, mm. then at that point, I, there can be political blowback for using impeachment wholly in a uh, for political purposes in uh, right before an election. Guys, any questions before I let Brad go? Mm-hmm. Very good. Brad Young, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, guys. He's really good at that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah for sure. He really is. Uh We have a couple minutes left in this segment. Do you have a couple more headlines? I sure do. Google is going to require political ads to disclose any AI-generated content. So we already know that political advertising is full of disclaimers like uh, so-and-so approves this message, this is paid for by, etc. And Google is adding a new one concerning AI. It's going to require any political ads that use AI-generated content to include a clear and conspicuous disclosure of the fact. The new rules go into effect in November. That's one year before the 2024 election. We've already seen examples of AI being used in political advertising, like Ron DeSantis uh, using a fake image of Donald Trump hugging Anthony Fauci in one of his campaign ads. That's very interesting. I want is that different than Photoshop over the last few years? Like, I'm sure people have Photoshopped things. That's a good question. I can't really think of a political ad though that used a photoshop in a way that was misleading yeah you see them like they make the person look evil right (laughs) um or it's like really dark oh they they shaded yeah yeah yeah. but i don't see them like photoshopping them for example hugging someone they wouldn't be want to be seen hugging yeah Mm -hmm. that's interesting i wonder if that happens more on like the local level right i'm sure those like real spiteful petty like local races you know Mm -hmm. more than it does like national candidates vying against each other a georgia man was arrested after pointing a laser at a police helicopter (laughs) authorities say that the laser interfered with the copter's flight plan during a special operation the suspect quickly fled the scene in a vehicle but was later found and arrested he admitted it was a quote dumb decision and said he had been smoking meth at the time Uh, well, I, I don't know why, but I wasn't expecting the last part. <laughs> no, it's very honest. Yeah, I mean, 
Not much uh, more explanation needed, is there? <laughs> Mia culpa. I was I was on meth. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you know, I know it's not an excuse, but here's my excuse. <laughs> I've never like there. <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. Uh, there's some crimes where I go, eh, I get that, but <laughs> smoking meth and pointing a laser at a helicopter. It's not one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not one of those things I would ever like. I don't know what you get. I can I put myself you... in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Officer, you know how it is. It's I not mean, like, we've all been there. It's not like Ding Dong Ditch or something where you're like, and you're laughing in the bushes. Like you're putting a laser in the eyes of a pilot. And speaking of political ads, they're expected to shatter spending records. Data predicts that spending will eclipse $10 billion in what would amount to the most expensive two years in political history. Okay. $10 billion. Someone, someone tell me why I'm stupid. Why can't we pick a number? And two, that's two, the max. That 200 million. And you each get 200 million. And that's all you get. I know the answer. I know the answer is the Supreme Court has said that it's it's free speech. It's First Amendment. And if I want to give my 2,500 or a company wants to give their 500,000, whatever it is, because I don't understand the limits. I don't understand super PACs. I don't understand most of it. I just know that it is a crime how much money we spend on these campaigns. Just terrible. It hurts your head to think about. In other places that have democracies, they don't allow it. There are limits on how, like you go to the UK, there are limits on how much you can spend and you cannot campaign until like three or four weeks before the election. You can't even buy ads until then. Like, but we won't do it because the people that make the rules are the ones that benefit from it. Has it really hit you yet? Like, you know, we talk about it on a weekly basis, sometimes a daily basis. Oh, uh, looks like it's going to be Trump-Biden again. Blah, 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 blah. Has it really hit you yet, like in your stomach? No. Where you go, oh my God, we're going to do this again. No, not yet. I'm waiting for it, though. Oof. 325 DGS, we have uh, Dave Murray coming up. We have Skip coming in for the Sweet 16. It's a fun one today. Looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> am I the only wuss? That sort of, (laughs) I love Halloween. I'm not like a Halloween freak or anything, you know, but I love Halloween. But I, (laughs) I am embarrassed to say this. Uh, I dread like going into Walgreens because of the witches and things that jump out at you. Like the motion things. I always forget about it. And I tend to make this sound. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever made that voice. Of course you have. (laughs) 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 Yeah. He's never been once been scared by a extra <laughs> a creepy Halloween decoration. I've been I've been scared a lot by them, and now like on TikTok, now they're like literally ten feet tall. Oh yeah, and yeah. werewolves, and they jump yeah. toward you, mm-hmm. and like what? Are we- so I once uh, I once got so scared of my own Halloween decoration that I could not look out the window at it, and eventually I just had <laughs> enough, and I just ripped it down and, and threw it away. <laughs> Man, I, I feel a lot braver now. Yeah, I thought that might make you feel better. If uh, I told you story. What was it? It was one of those ghosts that like goes back and forth when it's like motion activated. Okay. But it was a little broken, and it would just like anything would set it off. So like a gust of wind. <laughs> so I would just be sitting in my chair, and I could see out of the corner of my eye in the window this ghost go, woo, woo, <laughs> and it meant awful. that there was something out there moving around to me, and it's just woo, and then it would like <laughs> staring at me with its little ghost face, <laughs> and, move, and it would it would scare me every time, and I got too scared uh... to even like look out the window around Halloween because I know that thing would just be <laughs> moving around, freaking me out. And so eventually, no, after look, like two but you weeks put of that, it there. yeah, no I offense, did. no offense, but you don't seem like the kind of guy 
who gets up on a Saturday morning and puts on a tool belt and says, honey, I'm going to put up a ghost that's motion activated and goes back and forth across the yard. It was like really easy to put up. <laughs> it wasn't hard to put up. Where are you on Halloween? What do you, uh, Just in general. I love Halloween. It's awesome. It's fun. I always thought costume parties were fun. I still enjoy the whole trick or treating and like, but we, and we all do you this. Like we out in costume well, and ask. For well, what we what we've done like for years now is we all just sit out in front of our house and have like a little mini block party with friend with the neighbors and we're all friends and you hang out and the kids come by and you get to you know joke around with the little kids with the cool costumes and the costumes are amazing now. Oh, I yeah. can't have any, one kid had a transformer costume like he could just like get down uh, and he turned into a car. It was awesome. Kevin's like, how did jealous. you do that? No, I was jealous. I asked, "Is like, like, where'd you guys get that? And do you think they make them in my size? <laughs> that was very different when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, my... He's like, here's a sheet. You're a ghost. My go-to yeah. was like... It was ghost or hobo. Yeah, my, my go-to when I got, like, to be, like, 10, 11, 12 was like... I'll just put on dad's hockey gear yeah, You again. knew mom and dad had forgotten to go to Kmart when they just put charcoal in your face and yeah. put you in ratty clothes. They're like, there you go. You're Let's a bum. Just head out there. <laughs> so you guys, Hang 335 DGS on KMOX. Gorgeous view out the KMOX window. Dave Murray joins us. Hello, Dave. So get, get used to it because it's just going to keep coming. I mean, everyone, awesome. everyone has their different idea of what's perfect. But I think the low temp, like this morning, was like 57 or something, and it's going to get to 80. That's pretty tough to beat. That's tough to beat. You're absolutely, especially when the humidity is low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very enjoyable. Just great. A little chill in the air in the evening once the sun goes down. Put a little sweatshirt on. Can we just keep it like this, Dave? Sure. <laughs> Whatever you want. And Dave, uh, when you did your fall forecast, you said that it's going to be warm. You know, September, October, November. Uh, warm obviously is relative. Like, right. what, what temp would you be surprised to see again? Say after uh, the end of September. The after the end of September, yeah. a, ni- a ninety would be would be a surprise. Okay. Fair enough. Good, good. Uh, Skip Weber just came in. He's here early because uh, he's been wanting to do a little segment about electric vehicles. And uh, we asked Dave, and Dave said, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to stick around and listen to it as well. Uh, So let's do the forecast, and then we'll talk to Skip about electric vehicles. Then we'll do the Sweet 16. So, Dave, the forecast. Okay. It, It stays the same. That's at 52 tonight. Tomorrow, sunny, 78 degrees. Thursday night, Away from the city could get down to 49 degrees. Friday, sunny, 78. Friday night, 55. Saturday, partly sunny. Going to keep the chance of a spot shower or a sprinkle during the afternoon, early evening. Little clipper system passing to our north. Do not expect much of anything. 78 on Saturday and Sunday, partly sunny, 78 degrees. Things are now kind of getting into a log jam because of Hurricane Lee. It continues to re-strengthen, and it's a problem for... Eastern New England, so Cape Cod and the coast of Maine, Friday night into Saturday. It's probably going to be one of the worst storms they've seen since the the mid-90s or so. So it's an impressive storm. And as we've been talking about the last 10 days, I still think the path is shifting very slightly to the west Mm. as each day goes. So we don't want it to shift a heck of a lot more because then you're talking about a hit on, on Rhode Island. That's probably a little iffy right now, but certainly not out of the question. I don't know if you guys knew this, but that's where Dave is from. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Providence, and, and the, why that's a problem 
is not that that's a problem. That's where I'm from. Why? <laughs> some people may may think that. Uh, the problem is Narragansett Bay, which kind of cuts Rhode Island in half, is the water tends in a hurricane situation goes right up that bay. Mm-hmm. And the stopping point is Providence, the capital of Rhode Island. And suit to the point where after the 1938 hurricane, which was a massive storm, uh, they put a huge hurricane wall up and they put it into gear. They cover the bay up and it prevents the water from coming into downtown Providence. Interesting. Hello, Skip. That's pretty cool. Hello. Yeah. Um, Thanks, so you've been talking about talking about electric vehicles now for quite some time. Yeah. So and and well, I I know I've very little. I've got a burr under my saddle. Okay. About this because uh, I it there's too much politics in the discussion, and that really bothers me. And both sides are playing it, and uh, politicians on both sides and followers on both sides are playing it. And it bugs me. Anytime you should not be mandating anything and you should not be boycotting anything in this realm, in my opinion. If in a perfect world, if everybody knew all the facts, neither of those things would be necessary or desired, in my opinion. Okay. Because uh, there's a, um, first of all, let me get to the couple myths at the beginning. Number one, electric cars are not going to save the planet. Okay. All the emission standards and all, you know, we we talk about all this stuff, and I don't want to get into a, a debate with anybody because I'm not an, a true expert on it. But I I have to be enough of an expert to because I'm going to be selling these things. Um, you know, we need some carbon dioxide. That's what plants use. We're greener. There's more trees in a lot of places now because we have carbon dioxide. We don't want to eliminate all that anyway. And there's other things that we do. We exhale it and all that stuff. But it's there's there's it's it's not a, as dangerous as people think. But um, but we're not the number one anyway. Until you get India and China to stop emissions, you're not going to totally affect it. But anyway, so you're not saving the planet with them, but there's definitely, definitely a place for them, I believe, in everybody's portfolio of what to sell. There's definitely customers that would benefit to have them. There's definitely customers that would enjoy having them. It does bring up a whole new situation. We pay for our roads by paying gas tax. So they're going to have to come up with laws on public charging and all that to help that. But, um, but there's the, on the other side of the coin, because even though you should, you, I, you, I don't think you should think you're saving the planet by driving them. I also do not think you should boycott it just because, you know, uh, one, you know, some people say, Hey, Your you political know, opponent yes, my is political opponent says it. we should get it. So, you know, I think it's silly to mandate it. I think it's silly to boycott it. It shouldn't now, be like a Bud Light kind of fight. Correct. It should not be because it's just additional technology. We should have all these technologies. You know, there's people. There's a lot of places in Europe that are running on hydrogen cars right now, and, and Chevrolet has hydrogen trucks that could do this. Haven't put it. Uh, they haven't put it out there for for people to to um to go out and get. There's plenty of fossil fuels available for all the cars, but. There's plenty of people that want electric and and could and they're really cool to drive. They're very neat to drive. There's lots of uh, gadgetry on them that that is because it's of the battery. And you can do things like plug it into your house and run. If you lose your power and you have an electric Silverado a year from now when they're out, they'll be out less than a year, but. You can plug your Silverado back into the house and run your house on pretty decent amount of your energy of what you normally would have 
for 20 days that on, on a fully charged Silverado battery. That's how much charge those take. So uh, there's, there's advantages and cool things about that. Now, the other thing I was going to tell you is I love it. I don't love it. I learned that it's silly to criticize the grid on, you know, oh, this is going to take too much off the grid because it will actually help it. It actually helps it because people don't realize that if you if you uh, um, use electricity at 3 a.m., that's a fraction of the cost as it is at 3 p.m. It's a supply and demand. The electric company is selling electricity to you based on the demand around you. So when Los Angeles gets a brownout, it it's happens because at 11 a.m. everybody's using electric and there's not enough. If Whatever their usage is at 2 a.m. is not causing a brownout. So what happens is, is all these next-generation car chargers, they're not charging from directly the power plant to the car. They're storing it in their box and charging the car. And if you have a brownout, the company can come back and buy that back from you and give you energy. So if a whole bunch of people have, if a million people have charged chargers in their garage, you can get more energy in times of emergency back from them. And so, it, it, I mean, it, the technology is unreal. And, it, and so it's kind of a cool thing that, yeah. you know, to have a few of those out there. So my question, the question I'm about to ask you, uh, take it in very general terms. Sure, I know you don't, you don't know percentages. Absolutely. But basically, in 2023, what are the percentages between electric vehicles and traditional vehicles that we sell now? And where do you think that will be five years, 10 years? Is, is there ever going to be a point where it's difficult to find a combustion engine? No. I don't. Right now, it's 8%. No. And the forecast for next year is 13%. 13% of the vehicles sold, and that's a forecast. It may not be hit. I think it will top at a max of 20, maybe 25. There's just going to be too much, you know, there's too much reasons to keep the other stuff around. Um, I will say this. Anybody that has a short commute, it's pretty cool to have that. Now, you may w- still want it for other reasons, but the other thing about it is I drove all the Chevy uh, electric vehicles two weeks ago, and that's kind of why I want to talk about it. It's just so neat to drive them. And the things that you can do in the Chevy vehicle and the response for it and how fast you can stop just by taking your foot off the brake. You don't even have to slam on a brake. Um, you can, but uh, you can stop even faster. But how fast you stop from going 60 miles an hour to zero is just unreal. Have you guys uh, driven one yet? I've been in a couple oh, of yeah. electric Ubers, but I've okay. never driven well, an electric the car. the current stuff you got right now is not as neat as what's coming out from Chevy. Okay. I don't know what other people are putting out there, but the current things that you've been able to buy for a little while don't come close to the technology yeah. of what's about right. That Which is why Chevrolet has kept in delaying them. They kept coming up with new ideas. To get them and right. The, the technology in the mapping systems, we plugged in. We we're in Detroit, so we plugged in a location in Dallas. And it said, you will reach your location with negative 35% of your charge, which means you don't get there. So, therefore, it, but if we, if we had done something 100 miles away that it said you'd reach your, you'd reach your location with 72% of your, I mean, they know, they know what you're going to use to get there. So they say, well, here's the... Top three places for you to stop and charge. This is our be- top recommendation. Here's a second. And that all takes into account people that are already charging there, how much the traffic of that charging station usually does, how far away it is, 
how much you know how much you know how long it will take you to go to get enough to get to the other location without having to completely recharge. I mean, it's astounding. Pretty easy to probably to program it, but it's right there, and it was super cool to see. Uh, and and it alleviates all those fears. It shows how many charging stations people say. Well, if I can't go cross country, I can't get it. Well, guess what? You can go east of the Rockies. You can go anywhere. A little bit more sparsely populated in the middle of that in the in the mountain time zone. It's a little bit tougher, but they're working on that. But you can still do it. Probably just more planning required. But you you drive to Florida, you probably could get there. 30 minutes later than gas at the most for charging time. You know, Dave, I'm guessing there's a ton of electric out where you live. Oh, yeah. And and, Janice had a Tesla for quite a while. And um, I liked it. She didn't like it as much as she thought she was going to like it. And then she was involved in an accident, not her fault, but the car was is tin can. It just crumbles. Yeah. Like, like, like really scary crumble at at a very low speed. Uh, My, I, you know what? I like electric cars. I like gasoline cars too. But there is an attitude, and this maybe gets a little too political, but there's an attitude about electric car drivers that they're a little better than everybody else. And the question I always ask them is how much oil is used to make that car, first of all? But second of all, do you have solar panels? Are you charging your car off your solar panels? And if not, it's like, well, where do you think you're getting the energy to do that? And the amount of energy it takes to charge an electric car is pretty incredible. Just to give you an idea, I'm using 0.3 kilowatts in my house right now. Now, yeah, it's it's daytime. That's fine. I'm sending back over two kilowatts of power back either to my storage system or back to the electric company. I plug that Tesla in or an electric car and the demand is 9.9 kilowatts as sucking out of the yeah. system to That's charge the cur- that car. The current generation is way less efficient. And I, I think you'll if if people would start reading up, especially um, uh, the the new electric Blazer that's that's out any day. I mean, people are starting to get those in, and then the Silverado coming. Those it's it's a fraction of that. And like I said, it pulls it pulls the the uh, power in at its cheapest amount of it's when it, there's no strain on the grid and absolutely you're using fossil fuels if you're going to or whatever your grid does and that's why my point is you're not saving the planet but it it doesn't really make any more strain on on local power or anything like that and and the uh the new superchargers that that we just have installed at our dealerships for for people mm-hmm. they are infinitely more efficient than what you just described and that's what people can get they get a big rebate to install those in their garages and like i said it can help you you could you could plug that your car back in and run your house for 20 days on your pretty much your normal usage uh that's how powerful those batteries and those chargers are cool thank you dave appreciate it you got it uh we'll be back with the sweet 16 right after this this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.